from the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave comes television's next great groundbreaking drama. I'm trying to find out who killed our son. One crime will affect so many lives. You need to be the voice for people who do not have a voice. American Crime, series premiere Thursday, March 5th at 10, 9 central on ABC. And experience the weekly American Crime podcast hosted by Elvis Mitchell with an inside look at each episode. Subscribe now at podcast1.com slash American Crime. Broadcast Network, After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome to the Americans After Buzz After Show, Season 3, Episode 5, Salong Pass. I am Adrian Snow, and here's the rest of my panel. Go ahead and introduce hey, yourselves. Hey, I'm Matt Ritter. How you doing, guys? What's up, y'all? It's Josh Richmond here for the Americans After Buzz panel. What's going on? I'm Ben Bateman. How are you guys? Yes, it's so wonderful to see you all this night. Uh, tonight we actually have a special guest with us. Holy crap, we have a call yeah. guest in the Americans. Big... Aren't you excited? Sorry. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> we have Allison Wright, who plays Martha Hansen on the line with, our, with us. How are you, Allison? Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm very good, thanks. I'm very Great. good. Great. Wonderful, wonderful. How's, how's everything in New York? New York is freezing. Yeah. It's freezing, and it's pretty late, but I'm staying up late just to talk to you lovely, lovely people. Oh, thank you. So it's all you. good. You'll be pleased to know it's a warm night here in Los Angeles. Oh, it's a toasty 70 degrees. Oh, that makes me feel yet. so much better. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we just wanted to, to call in and talk to you about the show. We're all huge fans, and I think some of people have I know. Questions. You guys know so much about it. You're we, like experts. Well, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that. We try our best to be yeah, experts. Yeah, we're definitely, and... definitely pretty excited to be talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, adoption's a big, big plot in this episode. Uh, are, have you or has anybody in your family ever adopted a child before? Is this anything you have any personal experience with? You know what? It's crazy that you open with that question, but I'm actually adopted. Are you really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't expecting that, were you? I wasn't, no. (laughs) We we didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have that much of a memory of it, but yeah, no, I was adopted. Wow. So it's a close-to-home subject for you then. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do you yeah. know, so you see, I mean, yeah, you see Martha at the beginning of this episode, it seems like she's getting really close to talk, talking Clark into actually adopting a kid. Um, like, he's like, he's like almost considering it. And we've seen Martha throughout the series, right? We've seen her throughout, like, throughout this series, like, mm-hmm. she can, when she wants to, she can be very, have a very strong will and be very, very convincing. She can get her own way, right? Yeah, absolutely. She just, she just does it slowly and quietly, I think. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that they weren't allowed to go out in public together. Yeah. And now here here she's got a, a, a foster care agency considering, you know, at least placating her with the idea of possibly fostering a child. Now the script- you know, she definitely gets him to do things that he has specifically said he wouldn't and he didn't want to, and she 
she can like tease it or nag it out of him somehow and get him to do it. So anything's possible. It makes you think at this point, like I would not be surprised if by the end of the season they have like a gaggle of children. <laughs> neither, neither would I. Yeah, I don't think that's too crazy. Not that you, not yeah. that you can review you know, anything, of course. Yeah. I, I had a question about that, Allison, in terms of the scripts. How mm-hmm. far in advance do you know what is going to happen this season? Do they give you the script for each episode and that's it? Or do you know at the beginning of the season what how it's all going to play out? No, no. It's like one at a time. Oh, wow. One at a time, yeah. So you're almost on the same um, pace so- that we are, really. I'm sorry. I said you're almost at the same pace that we are. I mean, we're just we're watching it one week at a time. Yeah, really. Can... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, I might get it. We might get it like maybe seven days or less before we start to shoot. So uh-huh. yeah, and there's this season. There's a lot of surprises each for me for for Martha. There's a lot of a lot of unexpected stuff that happens. But so I'm I'm truly surprised every week. So there's, <laughs> you can't really plot where you think you're going to take it or where you think it's going to go because uh, it's. Lots of things are happening that I would never have expected. Does that affect your performance? I mean, you know, sometimes you probably have been in roles where you do know and you can prepare. I mean, does that? Do you feel like it's better to not know, or how does that affect the way you prepare for the role? Um, this is my first TV experience as a series regular, so um, I think it's just a different kettle of fish altogether. It's just completely different being in the theater or if you're working on a film, uh, being able to. I mean, it's definitely exciting. It's definitely exciting and keeps you on your toes and stops you getting locked into anything or playing an idea of anything because your character could literally change completely the next week. Yeah. Right, unless so you be it's really, fun. It's really, uh, fun. Yeah. really in the moment and spontaneous. Yeah. So I know you've got, mm-hmm. like, I know you have, like, a theater background. How did you get started with the Americans? Um, well, no, I, I mean, I've... I've done theater primarily yes but you know you always want to break into film and tv and maybe actually make some money you know right. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> yeah. so it was nice to be able to pay your rent um <laughs> and so yeah i just i just lucked out finally getting this job you know very lucky and and like the legs on martha have it's gone on and on much yeah. further than i ever thought it would i was gonna ask you about that how has it been playing the, just like the arc of martha for you you've been on the show uh since the beginning and it, it's gotten you were i think a lot more more heavier or intense the second season and this season i feel like they're mm-hmm. kind of teasing you like we're kind of like waiting to see like what are they going to do <laughs> i mean with martha? From, that, from that very first episode we, yep. saw, we saw that gun right yeah you know that you know something's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> you are correct about that yes you are correct. <laughs> awesome. but cool. um <laughs> No, it's been amazing because, like, I can't believe I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yes. you. No, I mean, I'm always like every time I see you on screen, I'm all, I'm always so excited to see you. But I'm also like, how is this still going? It's a, it's amazing, right? like the the way that the uh, the, the Americans writers have been able to kind of pull off this high wire act for like three seasons now. Well, yeah. the, yeah. Right, and but the thing is, though, these things they went on for ages. They went on for like sometimes up to 10 years and they had kids, you know, and they had families and stuff. Now, I don't know necessarily that the Romeo agents would necessarily had their own marriage and had their own lives. I don't know about that. That part hasn't been documented. With these women, they went on and on and on and on, you know? Wow, I see. I didn't even know about this. Have you done a lot of research in like the the history of these kind of like uh, secret spy relationships? Most of them, most of it happened in World War Two in Germany. That's where most of the uh, of uh, these 
these um, Romeo spies that they call them were, you know, had these honey traps. And uh, there are a few well-documented cases, you know, um, three out of four of them, I think, when they found out, when they were eventually caught, three out of four of them committed suicide in 24 hours. Oh, wow. The total of the suicide. Yeah. So I had a quick question. Just to bring everybody down. (laughs) (laughs) So to, to keep things a, a little... No trash-talking me anymore. Now you're like, oh. <laughs> Maybe a little lighter, a little more fun. In, in the office, when you interact with that male robot, that vintage male robot, uh, mm. is that thing functional? Is that a real... That's a real thing? That's a real prop? Or is that, that just... thing is such a pain in the ass. You've got no idea. <laughs> it is so difficult. They've had, like... They've got, like, teams of guys trying to work it. They had it, wow. they had it like, moving electronically, and then at some point they're just, like, pulling it on some sort of string and sometimes just pushing it along. I thought maybe there's like two guys inside there. Like like it's a gigantic pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, another quick question. Andy Greenwald, who writes for Grantland.com, uh, he recommended The Americans this year as the number one show to watch. He said it's his favorite show on television. It went from seasons one and two being a very good show to the, quote, best show on TV. Uh, how do you guys as a cast take all of that enormous amounts of praise you're getting right now as the ascension of the show, its popularity is just skyrocketing um it's really nice to have it be critically acclaimed and have it be respected amongst our peers that's really nice uh it's you know there's not often as an actor that you get to be involved in a project that that you value and you think is Mm. is fantastic and you know there's a lot of terrible things that we have to do (laughs) as actors you know and terrible shows that, to be a part of and this is like a really good one yeah. I worry like am I ever going to get another <laughs> one that's as good as this what was, what was, I want to know on that point what was the what was the low do you, can you give us a low a low moment of acting no, horror I totally tales can't you that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean like you. Yeah, it would be great if we could speak freely like that, but we can't. No. <laughs> of course, of course. But it's a, but no, it's got it's got to be amazing for your first like regular re- recurring TV role yeah. to land on a show that's this critically acclaimed and this and this uh this high quality. Uh, do you, you have know, a... most of my friends are seething with jealousy, like they can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a particular actor that you've worked with on this show who you would say your favorite to be in scenes with? I mean, obviously. You really only have one that you're in most of the scenes with, but maybe somebody well, else. Well, no, office. this season I can say that uh, I get to work with a complete acting hero of mine, Mr. Jefferson Mays, um, Broadway legend. Um, I get to work with him quite a lot in this season. I think he's arriving soon. Okay, good. So that's been a real trip for me. Yeah. Okay, so Jefferson Mays is arriving soon, so that's, that's, that's a spoiler for us to take note <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. All, all these yeah. little details. And we, you say, you're saying something's happening with the gun. Now I'm like, I'm writing that down in my little notebook. Yeah. <laughs> on camera, making yeah. notes as we speak. Are people stopping you on the streets now? Is that a thing that's happening for you now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's mm-hmm. that? Luckily, everyone's very nice all the time, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You're, it's you weird are... when I'm do- it's weird when I'm in Trader Joe's like doing my grocery shopping and people are taking photographs. But <laughs> oh, wow. otherwise, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we know that you know uh, Clark is wearing a wig. Has Martha really never wanted to see him without his wig like this this entire time? No, 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 no. She knows he's wearing a toupee. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what you right. mean, like a, like a like a rug or yeah, like a hairpiece. But she's never oh, wanted to God. see him without the hairpiece. <laughs> 
Oh well, yeah, but like a toupee <laughs> is different from a wig, right? A wig well, yeah. is a disguise, right. and no, a you're right. I, just I, hiding your little shiny spot. You're right. I used the I used That's the wrong fair. term. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does make too much of a difference? Um, yeah, but um, but I mean, it seems like she's letting him have his space mm-hmm. on that issue. Yeah. Do you feel like as uh, one of the few characters in the show who's not, well, I suppose you are being manipulated by your husband in the show to get information, but you're not directly, you know, furthering your own plot by lying and manipulating people. Do you feel that you sort of stand on a different moral high ground than some of the characters in the show? Because there's so much manipulation, there's so much cheating that goes on. Um, Well, I think, I mean, I think that she does have, um, she does have, you know, a, a somewhat of a bad feeling about what she's doing, about having the bug in, in Gad's office. I don't think that sits entirely well with her. Sure. But she does think that she's doing it for the greater good. Um, but I, I don't think she's morally bankrupt. You know, I do think she has a moral center and she has a conscience and a, and a very big heart. And I think that she thinks that she's doing something for the greater good. So yes, I do think she's different from other people. Yeah, she's, she's not selfish. She's she's not manipulative at all. Yeah. She's very open and loving. She yeah, is different from other people. Well, she stands as the show's like sole mom, pretty much sole person that that services the comic relief. So it makes sense that she would be a little different than the rest mm-hmm. of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, laugh out loud yeah. moments. Are you are you conscious of that? Of realizing that you're kind of uh, providing a lot of like the light moments in a show that's often very dark and very heavy. I love it. That's fantastic. We need that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, as a watcher of this show, it's it's a hundred percent crucial. Without the without those mm-hmm. moments, it would be it would be a lot tougher to get to sit through. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Well, thank you very much. Oh yeah. Um, we have we have Noah Emmerich. We're going to be doing a Colin in a few weeks with episode that he's directing, uh, and I'm assuming that episode mm. has already been shot. Yeah. Entirely. So you were directed by him. What was that experience like? I mean, we'll get to ask him too. Uh, amazing. It's a very, it's a very good episode for me and it was fantastic to have Noah direct it. I mean, he's a great actor. He's, sure. um, he's very present and he, he's very thoughtful and sensitive and, uh, he's all about the work and to have somebody like that directing you is a boon, you know, and he was a great director. He did super well. Uh, the crew was really happy to have him at the helm and everyone was very supportive and, uh, loving having him there. He was fantastic. If you're going to have him after the episode that he directed, yeah, um, you'll have lots to talk about. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, good. Oh, man. Lots to talk about. So many spoilers <laughs> that are happening right now. But, but because this is a show where everybody's kind of off in their own world and so segmented, are there, like, any cast members you ever wish you could share scenes with? Like, I don't know. Like, you have you got to do a couple scenes of Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, which were mm-hmm. which were great when those happened. But are you, are you ever like, man, I wish I could do like a, a scene with like a, a you know, I don't know, a Nina or or Paige or any of this other like yeah, it's, cast? it's very compartmentalized. It really is. Um, I was psyched that in the first season, I guess, that I got to have a scene with Margot Martindale. Like I never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> sure. And when it actually happened, like I mean, because she's a powerhouse of an actress, you know, and oh, yeah. that I really respect, and I was psyched to, to have something with her. And to have that one thing with, Ke- with Kerry was great. Now, it happens to be that I hang out with all the Russians in my own personal life, <laughs> so I feel like I'm getting enough of an interaction with all of them, because we all hang out a lot, but, oh, cool. like, I've never even been to the resident tour of set. Oh, I'm wow. not even sure where it is. 
Oh, interesting. Wow. So there's um, everything's a, really separate. Yeah. On a slightly lighter note, uh, we every single week we make note of the wigs, we make note of the props, how much fun mm. everything about the show mm. is. Do you guys have a lot of fun joking around with the various wigs and the costumes and the ridiculous props mm. and all that stuff? I mean, you guys <laughs> laugh a lot about it while you're filming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get. I just get clocked wig over and over and over again. Unfortunately. <laughs> 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 But uh, but as for the set decoration and stuff, it's fantastic. Like in my apartment, all the records that they have, all the albums and the fondue set and the crazy <laughs> yeah. glassware. and It's like you get uh, to live in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like all of this stuff that I can vaguely remember seeing when I was right. a little girl. Sure. You know, in the kitchen and stuff, like just mm. the, the kind of Tupperware or... The glassware and stuff like that it, it gives give me big memories of what I can remember seeing like as a, a four year old or whatever. I love it. It's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. Yeah. What shows do you watch on television other than I mean I imagine oh my you watch God, the Americans what don't every I watch? week. There's so much at the moment, right? There's so much. Off the top of my head, off the top of my head, um, Blackish. I'm okay. reading. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> love it. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Can do no wrong. Okay. Woman is hilarious. Yes. Um, I'm into Broad City. I just found out about oh, that. Broad yeah. City it's is amazing. amazing. Part is good. Yeah. <laughs> Which watching. I love, love, love. Um, a Broad Church, the BBC one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. really like that. That was great. I'm quite into Gotham as well. That's fun. Yeah. There's so much though. There's there's a ton of TV to watch. Are you watching Better there's Call so Saul? So much that I love. Have I'm you, watching what, sorry? Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad spinoff. Have you started watching that yet? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet because I don't have cable. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I highly recommend it. But I want to see it, though. I mean, he's fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah. Kirk's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah, Bob is great. So you, you don't have cable. Do you do the, the online Netflix, Hulu, and everything? Exactly. Ah, yes. Exactly, yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't get to see the episode tonight, so I, I, like a dedicated person, I read the script over and said, how about that? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just you can feel like you're kind of experiencing that's, the episode alongside everybody else great. again. Dedication, right? I was like, well, I have to know what's going on, because so, that's so long ago, you know? How long ago was it that you shot the episode that we, we were aired tonight? Oh, God. I, I don't know. I'm like, before Christmas? Oh, wow. Okay, it's a little, okay. little while ago. Yeah. We, uh, we, were definitely, yeah. we were definitely watching, and we were like, oh, we have her on after the, after the sh- We hope something crazy happens. We hope, you know, the gun or, or yeah. anything wild happens. We're going to we're gonna have to call you back when the, when the big episode <laughs> right, happens. Yeah. Right, yeah. I tweeted yeah. at you originally, and you like, said call we're me scared. Back, call, me, call me back after Noah's episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. How, yeah. was, how has the transition been in terms of the scheduling of working for TV? Because you mainly came from a theater background. How has that been for you? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of getting out, you know, with with theater, I have a theater background. There's a lot of rehearsal that you mm-hmm. have you know, before you lead up to mm-hmm. the show, and you probably get maybe mm-hmm. like a a week rehearsal with television. How's that been in terms of transitioning? To oh that? well, there's no there's no, no rehearsal. rehearsal. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. Right? yeah, I think you just kind of, you yeah. kind of just kind of like step into it. So you just go what? in cold and you figure it all yeah, out on there's camera. No rehearsal. Yeah. Sometimes you might like, uh, you might have a little discussion and might have a little chat about blocking. Mm. Or sometimes the director will know exactly how he wants to block it and you'll just go right into a marking rehearsal. But there's no, there's none of that good stuff that you get to have mm. in a traditional rehearsal sense. But it's still like, you know, if you're in the theater and you're performing, if you're, if you're doing a show, eight shows a week, um, your day is still kind of taken up. 
even if you're not going until half hour, you know, you, you get in your routine and you, when you wake up and you're doing a show, you're always conscious as soon as you wake up of how many hours you have until you count down to start getting ready to go to theater. So it, it takes up your day as well. This is just like 16-hour days. Mm. It's a hurry-up-and-wait situation. You know, it's different. So in three seasons now of filming, um, have you gotten to do any other work? I mean, have you gotten to do any theater work at the same time, or have you literally just been just this one thing? I know you've done 30-plus episodes at this point. Right, yeah. I mean, theater, um, a little bit, I think I did, between one and two. I've done been able to do a couple of films, um, but it's tricky timing-wise, yeah. Right, right. Makes yeah, sense. it's tricky to find something that's right that falls in the right time. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely... but I'm I'm trying really hard because I really miss the theater and I would really really love to do a play. So hopefully something will happen for me on this break. Yeah, to be yeah. able to kind of scratch that itch in between uh, the the TV hectic schedule. Yeah. yeah. Anything exciting yeah. you can tell us about that's coming up in the future for you, project wise? Um, I'm going to be working on a show here in New York. It's an immersive theater event about. Um, the Zigfield Follies. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's going to be really cool. I'm working with uh, Cynthia Von Bueller, who's a fantastic creator and director and performance artist who has a bunch of shows here in New York, and this is her new baby. And it's going to be set in an abandoned theater on Broadway that hasn't been used for like 50-some years, I think. Oh. And they're decking it all out, so it's going to be pretty exciting. We're starting oh. to go into rehearsals pretty soon for that, so it should be good. Cool, that's great. Awesome. Great. So you guys are probably going to wrap up uh, shooting on the season then pretty soon for you to go into that? Yeah, I think I think the season ends probably in about two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, well, we just got the, the script for the finale, actually, a couple of days ago. Wow. <laughs> How is it? And my, is it? <laughs> you've got no idea. Oh. Send us a copy, Mind please. blowing. Yeah. Mind with blowing. All the, with, all the, with all the, you know, just te- like Just text us a screenshot of one page. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, no one will care. No one will be mad at you for that. Yeah, even if it's just the front page. We, we won't say it was from you. We won't tell anyone. <laughs> I uh, like watching all your, I've watched a few of your things, and I love watching and seeing all your predictions and stuff. Uh, and thank oh, you. oh, that's thank great. You. That's awesome oh. that you're a fan. And it's interesting to watch, like, what you've said in the past. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that someone picked up on that already, oh, you know. Sure. Yeah. We are good. Thank you. Yeah. So much. We're, uh, we're going to try our best of to stay. I can't uh, tell you which one. But. Of course. Oh, well, well. <laughs> but we're going to have yeah. we're going to try our best to stay uh, one step ahead of you guys. Stay one step ahead of the writers and yeah. try to try to figure out what's going on. Try your best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, Allison, I know it's getting probably pretty late in New York, and so we don't want to keep you, but we want to thank you so much for taking time to speak with us tonight. It's truly an honor to have you on the show with us. Yeah. Um, oh, it's absolutely been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I think you guys are great, and I love your show, and I love everything that you have to say about our show. So oh, it's really you. my pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. We we love we love Martha. We love the Americans, and I personally love your accent. I think it's lovely. So. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, we'll thank you, you for calling in. Thanks have very a good much, night. guys. Thank you. Good thank night. You. Night. Night. So we should, wow. we should start. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. She was really wonderful. Yeah, she was about as charming so as I could possibly imagine. Yes, I was not. <laughs> I'm so used to hearing her in her Martha voice. Totally. I know. So like when totally she spoke, person. I was like, "Who is this? Who is hey. this? Um, well, before we get into the episode proper, yeah. I need to ask you guys a series of hypothetical questions. Oh, really? Okay, go for it. What if your son was murdered? What if your daughter was arrested 
your child, framed. Where does the truth lie? One crime is going to affect so many different lives in the television event of the year. What am I talking about? I'm talking about ABC's groundbreaking new TV series, American Crime, premiering this Thursday, March 5th at 10, 9 central on ABC, of course. Listen, this series, this show, if you haven't heard of it, it's got an amazing pedigree. It was created by John Ridley. Mm-hmm. You might know him as the screenwriter, sorry, the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave. Felicity Huffman, Timothy Hutton, amazing cast, just those two. And it's going to talk about issues like race, class, gender politics. It's going to get into all of it. Guys, American Crime on ABC starting Thursday, March 5th at 10, 9 central. Check it out. That was beautiful. Right, nice. Thank you. Clap I think right Timothy there. Hutton has an Oscar, too, maybe. Does he really? He does, yeah. yes. Or Ordinary, ordinary people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They should have mentioned that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doris <laughs> is getting shortchanged. There are multiple Timothy Oscars Hutton. on the show for this show. Yes. yes. We love you, Felicity Hutton has an Felicity Oscar Oscars. nominee. I was yes. going to say, there's Oscars all over so this show. All everywhere. Over Oscars everywhere. Cool. Tune in. Everybody. I will tune into yeah. that. That's going to be an amazing show. Americans, American Crime. American Crime. It's like they made the show for us. Yeah. Hand in hand. So, on that note, let's go ahead and just dive in. Uh, first thoughts of this episode. What did everyone think? Uh, Silence. Whoa, no. that's never a happened. Lot. <laughs> I mean... Uh, uh, D- can I say probably discomfort, maybe? Yeah. 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 That's weird. <laughs> I mean, this was all about Philip and his discomfort. I mean, mm. this was... Another was great whole... episode, but sir, at times not easy to watch. No. Yeah. The whole sequence <laughs> of, of Philip and Kimberly was just... A lot of it was just really, like... Ugh, to, to to watch, yeah. Not because it wasn't done well, just because the subject matters. My uh, my thoughts were it just you know through those flashbacks too. We really got to sort of understand you know where Philip is mentally with doing the things yes. that he has to do, and we never really sort of knew that. I mean, we sort of know that he has a more higher discomfort level than his wife mm-hmm. in doing these things, but we don't never really know exactly why. Is it just who he is as a person, or what? he has had to do to lead him to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we just got a glimpse that it's a little harder than maybe we had thought as a team. Yeah, I mean, you were t- we were talking last week about uh, how the show talks about uh, using female sexuality as a weapon. female sexuality. Yeah, well, yeah. it makes it clear here, male sexuality definitely weaponized, too. Well, no, I wrote down, I was like, <laughs> oh, learning how to weaponize sex uh, yeah. as I was watching that, that scene, so I was happy that you brought that up. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see them bring in that perspective because up until that point, what I had been viewing from the Americans outside of what Philip had been doing, you know, as part of his job was that there was, seems to be an intensity of them weaponizing sexuality, particularly mm-hmm. when it came to the women. Yes. Like, multiple times, different characters who happen to be female were using it as a weapon. So it was nice to see them comment on how it affects a man as well. Uh, and that's something that it just makes the show so great is that you, they don't, you know, give you one side to anything. It's not like you can come at it as a feminist perspective and be like, well, that's not fair. You only talk about weaponizing female sexuality. So right. I was great. It felt great to yeah, be Yeah, to make it a little that. bit more even-handed. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was even better if those flashbacks came in the middle of, like, a really beautiful, intimate moment yeah. between Philip and Elizabeth yeah. where they're talk, just talking about pretending. And Yeah, it's funny. They didn't show any of her flashbacks, you know. It was, like, just focused on his. his this whole episode was really just focused on his, what he's going through. Yeah, I think it said a lot, which is her, her one line where she says, I think it's different for a man. And I think if they had showed her flashbacks, 
Um, that probably would have been extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Look, so, I mean, remember, remember, we saw her get yeah. raped in the pilot of yeah. this series. Yeah. We yeah. started, we went in good yeah. places. Yeah. We have, we've got, just that, that alone is enough to give her a pretty good idea of some of the things she went through. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting, uh, two things. One, there's a moment at the beginning of the episode between Philip and Elizabeth where they're talking and it's, uh, I believe they're talking about Paige? No, they're talking about Kimberly. And it's just this really uncomfortable, awkward moment, and you know she says I have to go make dinner or something like that. And it was like, kind of like, okay, this is this is now in season three. This is the point their relationship has reached, where this is just on the table at all mm-hmm. times. And I like that they bookended it at the end of the episode with that same moment in bed, another kind of uncomfortable but intimate moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the, and then on top of those two, which I thought was a great bookend, I thought it was really like, and this is totally off topic, but not off topic, but it's unrelated to the seriousness of that last comment. The series of shots they showed us of Phil's flashbacks, I was like, they showed the first one, and I was like, huh, I wonder what they're doing showing us a really attractive woman with him walking right. into a room. I was like, that's really interesting. And then the old woman. And then the old woman. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, God, if the tone was different here, this would just be like a comedy thing. It'd be like, worse, heightened, and yeah. then the guy. It would be yeah. like, punchline, but it roll, was Rule really of threes, serious. right? Yeah, exactly. It was four, so I was like, okay, it's intentional. You know what other moment uh, stuck out to me? And it, it was, I didn't really know where they were going. I, I was sort of a little confused when Frank Langella said you're confused, and Philip had like a trigger reaction to that. And it really, then you, you know, you see the episode as a whole, and it is really this, he, it, it is confusing for yeah. him. I think, he, you know, he doesn't know. His relationship with his daughter is paralleling this, and they're happening at the same time, and it is so hard for him to try to be this other person while he's in the exact same phase of his life with his daughter. Yeah. He's juggling that, that feeling of wanting to protect his own daughter, who's probably only a year younger than Kimberly. Yeah. And having this other woman in his life who wants to raise a whole nother daughter with him on top of having this sexualized 15 year old coming at him, telling him stories about how she doesn't know where her father is at night and that she, if he had another family, she wouldn't be surprised. I was like, Oh my God. How does that make him feel in that moment? you yeah, know? I mean, there was, there is there was so much going on in this episode about you know we started off two different scenes that had like kids laughing in the background yeah. and so much about a, a kind of idealizing like the innocence of youth and you see Stan having nostalgia for back when Matthew was like a a little kid instead of a teenager and everything yeah. was so much simpler um, and. They really frame it here a little bit as a tragedy uh, when when children are growing older. And yeah, the loss of innocence. This loss you know? of innocence, time, yeah. and, and and Kimberly trying to kind of rush into an adulthood that she's not ready for. Or even Philip giving Paige, uh, you know, the white leash dress that was obviously too much money, but right. uh, he wanted to have it, have her have it, and it's, it is such a symbol of, of purity having like this beautiful white collar length. Least stress that she has for her baptism because he wants to see her his little girl is yeah. pure and he remembers her as just being graceful right and, you know i will say in that moment though i thought when he was um seducing kimberly or <laughs> being seduced by kimberly i was like you know this is actually really a great moment to have a teenage spy <laughs> like if there were ever a moment it's right true, but like yeah. Actually, maybe training your children to be spies wouldn't be oh, a bad you mean, idea. Like, like Paige befriends Kimberly yes. and they have like a sleepover. Having Paige having <laughs> a sleepover or having like, you know, if Henry was a little bit older, having Henry be the one that kind of hit on her. I smell, I smell an ABC Family spinoff. Yeah, oh yeah you God. have to pitch this. That, you mean like an NBC spinoff? <laughs> that would be like a much, that'd be yes. the much cleaner, cleaner version. Did you guys find it interesting when Frank, Frank Langella looked at him and he said, "Because you're the best, and there's no one better than you." And for a second, I was like. Is he the? Is that what we're supposed to understand here? Is that he is in fact the dominant spy in this, or was he being manipulated? He's by being Frank? manipulated he's a little bit, but I also think he needs. I think Philip is also 
sort of confiding that he needs a little reassurance, mm. sort of in a subtle way. Yeah. Like, Frank Langella clearly knows how to play these people. Big time. When they need a little pat on the back saying yeah. you're the best, he says you're the best. You know, conscience, I know that Say. you have a conscience, it's important, but push to the side if you need to. I'll say, too, I don't know if he's literally like a James Bond, like the best spy the Russians have. But I think everybody who's been trained as one of these, like, kind of uh, blends-in super spies, they are the best of the best that the KGB has. I will say two two points. One, when you said you're the best, I was like, you're the best. Yeah, right. All right. Karate Kid. Nothing's, Nothing's gonna, gonna ever keep, keep me down. You have nobody, Sorry, you have no idea how many times a day I start singing that song. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Second note, um, it was, I think, the, the combination of Philip and Elizabeth, they are their top uh, spies in terms of the division that they work in. Mm-hmm. So, because that, that's kind of referenced or alluded to a little bit in the past of, you know, this is how we want it, and we're not going to stray from what we want. And they and you've seen like the government kind of bend to Elizabeth and Philip at certain points. Right. The level yeah. of training that you saw, even a little bit in the flashbacks here, that's not the training they give to every spy. In the yeah. I, I wanna, yeah. I've been dying to ask you guys since I joined the panel, though, straight up, who do you think is better as a spy? Between Philip and Elizabeth, I think Philip's capable of more, but I think Elizabeth I think is Elizabeth. more ruthless. I think Elizabeth. Elizabeth is more committed to the cause, which automatically almost makes her a better spy. Yeah. Well, okay, that's fair. I think the combination of them together um, is what makes them at their best. You know, it's like the, the it's like a good marriage. Than the, than the parts. Or, yeah. If you're yeah. in a not to say they have a great marriage, but if you're in a, a marriage where both of you are equals and both of you have certain strengths that the other one can play up or play off of. Sure. I think that without Elizabeth having Philip to kind of be like, no, slow down. And without um, Philip having Elizabeth to say, go faster, Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't be as good as they are. I would agree with that. I think that's that's very truthful. I thought it was very interesting that in the scene where Philip goes to the kegger, uh, he's talking to Kimberly and those guys start talking to him. And even though he knows how old she is roughly anyway, he's not really finding anything out. But I think her saying it and him seeing the high school kids, there was this moment where they were walking away and he was like, you're too young, this can't happen. And I thought it was great. It was like kind of a break in character for him mm. because he was actually vocalizing what was going on in his head even though he knew that it was something he had to do. Yeah. Well, I think part of being a great spy, kind of like being a great actor, is you you use your life and you use the truth to kind of fuel what you're doing. Yeah. You could see it in the scene where he's talking to Stan and talking about what it's like to raise a teen and saying, yeah. like, sometimes it's hard to understand your kids. It's like that, or those are um, those are emotions that he really has. He's just kind of yeah. channeling it into his character. For a minute there, I thought he was going to take on the Wheatley High football team. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious oh man that would have been <laughs> he would have had to break out like, like he broke one of these kids arms really quickly <laughs> and just got out of there I, I, I love I know we, we talked about this exactly last week but I just noticed that again I really love how subtle they've they've made uh, Beeman's relationship to Philip I just like yeah. that they're not yeah. they're not beating us over the head with that they're, they're actually neighbors and very good friends it feels yeah. like a real friendship okay. I did want to touch on that a little bit more when we get to Stan but before okay, we go yeah, yeah. over to Stan um, I think with Oh man! Train of thought. I had it. Just start thinking you're the best. Just the best around. No, with with Kimberly and uh, and Philip, there was a point I had. It's going to come back to me. Just give me five seconds. In the house, popcorn fights. Uh, Afghani weed. The The weed. uh, Thank you. So I'm high just watching them smoke that Afghani weed. I was I was kind of hoping that he would just drug her. So that way, 
you know, he kind of did do That's that. He kind of just happened. like smoked yeah. her, yeah. smoked her out so she would pass out. Because I was like, please don't make this the, right. the time that he. And then he's cradling her do. like a baby, right? And then when uh. she reached up and kissed him, I was like, you are just a bold fifteen-year-old. Because there's no way when I was fifteen that I'd be like, oh, this guy's like forty right. years old yeah. and he's cute. And da, da, da. How, how old do you think she thinks he is? She has to at least know. I guess in her eyes, he's probably at least 30, 30 28 yeah. to 30, because that looks really old to you when yeah. you're oh, like yeah, 15. Totally. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I was confused, too. I, I was confused at just the geography. Did he run out of the back? I thought they were hanging out at the front door. No, they were hanging out in the back. That was the, it looked like the, the garden. front. It looked like mm-hmm. the front of, that, of a house. Though. They just have a really Very nice, nice house. Yeah. I guess I've never been to a house that looked that oh, nice. No. Their interaction was I'm just, like, why, why, what is that? That's a yes. front door. Their interaction was just really sad, I thought. Like, the, yeah. her, the stories she was telling, the way he was listening, yeah. the way he was carrying her and everything. Yeah. And even, even like the popcorn fight is like, just like, it's like dad daughter stuff. The yeah. whole, very weird. The whole time. That but, was a father daughter, like, yeah. yeah. And he was like fight. a flirtatious hybrid of weird. And talking yeah. about what it's like to live with these parents who are clearly lying to her in the same yeah. way Philip and Elizabeth are lying to their kids. Exactly. And you could see like the echoes of that just on his yeah. face. You know, I. Yeah, 100% true. Um, ah, I had a point, too, and now I'm going to have to start. Okay, let's talk well, about Stan. Yeah, let's, let's well, well, wait, wait, wait. Well, I want to pose one more thing about that, it. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, so the big uncomfortable question this episode poses that, you know, Gabriel says straight up right away, you know, if the fate of some sort of greater good hangs on, like, a, a grown man having to seduce a teenage girl, so even supposing it's not the Communist Party, supposing it was for, like, a good cause, could the Eds ever justify the means in that situation? Well, you're saying that with with the thought that that doesn't happen. And right. I don't know. It is, you know, I will <laughs> say with the Americans, it brings up a really great moral dilemma of um, these are not things that I would ever condone. But if I was faced with the actual, you know, choice myself, what would I personally do? And, and what... And, it's yeah. just what like if somebody any- was telling you, like, the fate of America rests on this right. decision? Yeah, you know? and that's, I think that's something that kind of comes up, like, even as, as, okay, as a female actress, there's always kind of that question that people bring up when you move to L.A. What would of, you do? Oh, well, you know, there's an easy way to get a job. <laughs> right. And it's kind of like, no, that's disgusting, and da-da-da-da-da. But with that said, that doesn't mean there aren't people out there, male and female, that have done that. Oh yeah. So and has it helped their career? Probably. Yeah, probably. So but I think your, like, your your point is that is that there isn't a line. Yeah. Every person has a line. Yeah. It's not. There is no. What would you do if this was the thing yeah. that would help the country? Like, well, what does the country matter to you? Is it if you're a exactly. spy, then that line is very far to the right. And we've kind of seen with Philip that he has done many things that maybe for a lot of people that would be crossing the line that he has not thought anything of marrying a woman. And lying to her and considering having children with her <laughs> and um, having sex with a bunch of people just so he could be trained and, and shutting himself off in a way, but also making and, it count for him. And That's so it all lot. falls apart and there's yeah. a three out of four chance that, that Martha kills herself, apparently. Well, there's just also, <laughs> this is the line for him. So yeah. he's done all these things that for a lot of people would be too much and this is the line for him. So that's really interesting. The, the last thing on that note, yeah. just with Kimberly to mention, is that you know, the whole setup where he's rooting around, they're stoned, and they're rooting around. He's rooting around for the, the briefcase, taking pictures and everything. Mm-hmm. That's a very classic, you're expecting somebody to come in the door while he's doing that stuff mm-hmm. moment, right? You, we've all seen it in television mm-hmm. movies for mm-hmm. years. So, But you're like, they're not going to do that to us. That's not going to happen. So then that, you know, whatever, that my, pe- my interest is peaked doesn't happen. Then he's picking her up and he's taking her to bed and he, he lays her in bed. And I literally had my note written, denu- disingenuous to the, s- and I had an S to the story, and then she kisses him. 
And then I stopped <laughs> writing. Because it's like, they knew exactly what they were doing. Because yeah. you're yeah. thinking as he's carrying her and putting her in bed, you're like, this is unrealistic. You, you set us up in a situation where he's gone into the house, he's gotten stoned with her, she, he knows exactly what she wants, and they're just going to say that she passed out and she didn't even try anything. Yeah. And then she tries something. And it's a little uncomfortable what's going to happen in the future, but I was really happy as much as I didn't want to see that happen. But I was happy yeah. from a story point of view. They didn't just pull the rug. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They went there. FX. Everyone was like, they're not going to go there. I'm like, <laughs> right. FX, yeah, you're man. Right. Yeah, so F-X. anyway. FX. On that note, let's go ahead and switch over to Stan. All right. So you did have a, a comment you want to start off with with Stan? Yeah, I just I just really like their relationship at this point. I like to see them uh, hanging out together and that they're not, like we, t- we referenced Breaking Bad last week, they're not rubbing it in our face like that. Um, the one thing with Stan that I thought was really odd in this episode, and this might have just been his posturing, talking to Oleg, I, he was blinking a lot and like not moving his body and had this really weird tone when he was talking. He was he, kind of monotone. He always does that. But especially when yeah, he's, he's if an he's talking person. to anyone that he's not really comfortable with, you see that from from really? Stan. Um, even when he's at work, if he's not talking to his boss, right. you see that kind of awkwardness that that mm. comes over him. Yeah, the last um, time Stan talked to Oleg, Oleg had a, had a gun in his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really liked that Oleg called him out when he said, "You love her too." Like, don't act like you're right. in a different. You're on a different ground than me, and what we're really, what we really want here. I will say though, out of every scene I've ever or watched on The Americans, that felt to me the most disingenuous. It seemed just kind of. Like, this is what we need to do to set up this thing yep. for Oleg. Right. And I understand it, and I get it, but for me, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really need this. I mean, you have mm. to be able to buy Nina yeah. as, like, this Helen of Troy figure that yeah. men are willing to, like, throw away empires for, you yeah. know? Uh, which, I mean, she's she's pretty hot, but, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just didn't really make sense that, especially after Oleg had pointed a gun at Stan, that he would be willing to come back to him and give him information about questioning one, the U.S. government about their their trust in Zaneda to the yeah. enemy. So that seemed a little odd and out of place for the show. I can see what they what they were trying to set up with that, but I don't know if it was sorry. My neck just really hurt. I don't know if it was really necessary. I'll be honest that I don't know completely what to do with Oleg's character, even like a season and a half after he's been introduced. Like, what's yeah. he still hanging around for? Right. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd I mean, we need agree. an into the Residentura, and I'm sure something interesting is going to crop up there. But I hope so. You know, I will say this. Unlike with, with Martha, I can see that they're, like, brewing something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> like, she's not around a lot, but I know yeah, something's right. coming. Right, exactly. With Oleg, I'm kind of like, what are, okay, what are you doing with him? Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Why is he still, what are we going to do with him? He's still here. Is he going to go back to Russia? He's not going to go back to Russia. Then how he's going to play into Nina? Okay, well, now they're giving him this, so hopefully this will be interesting. Because yeah, right. they haven't been doing enough with it. Do- and it doesn't seem like he even knows what's going on with Nina back in Moscow. He's yeah. just completely oblivious. Do you, uh, oh, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, do you guys think it's interesting, uh, the last little like bit they showed us in the show, the, the stuff with Elizabeth and the, uh, what's, what's the character's name, the alcoholic from AA with her? Lisa. Uh, Lisa. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, her relationship to Lisa is one – it's a very, very unique relationship because mm. it's one of the only disguises that Elizabeth has where she's a support – like a weak yet supportive character mm. as opposed to like a really strong or like a really sexualized character. She's using like this – Girlfriend. She, girl, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's like a friend. It's like the only time you, I've seen her interact in that way in the show yeah. as this young kind of girlfriend type of character. Yeah, that <laughs> one was almost too good to be true. All of these kind deeds, you know, the house yeah. and then yeah. the job, your lucky charm. That was uh, – yeah. That was a nice, a nice kill job. Nice clean kill with the yeah. uh, under the card too. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to see that side of Elizabeth. Though yeah. it's nice to see her her laugh. 
Right. Yeah. Never yes. get to see her. Live. She always has. She always yeah. has to play so serious. Totally. Two girls yeah. just just like or, you know, talking about a guy. Just talking about being naughty. Yeah. Like, I thought oh, it was that's funny. a real conversation. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was a cool light moment. Yeah. Look, these guys are they are master seducers, and that that applies to friendship as well as relationships. They're they're Absolutely. they know exactly what they're looking for in people. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I will say, I just wanted to touch on with Stan and Philip that. Um, when I was watching that last scene or that scene with them with the the beer and everything, it was nice to see that it doesn't seem like Phillips really playing Stan. Like it seems like this is a, a genuine friendship. Whether or not that's true, it seems like he's actually kind of created this comfort with him. Well, yeah. Whether or not he, you know, it's to funny you that. say that because you know they were talking about right that ties into what he was saying to Elizabeth about making it real, not just with sex, with friendship. It's like mm-hmm. part of the, when he says sometimes at the end he said sometimes I have to make it real and sometimes I don't. Like right now, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like that moment with Stan was one of those moments yeah. that he didn't have to make into or anything. Going it to ask to, him. There's like yeah. an investment there that maybe he wasn't quite planning on. And maybe that's part of like being able to do this life is having those moments that are actual yeah. in your life that don't have to manipulate Genuine. anybody just to have to have some sort of human bond. That was a great last line between Philip and Elizabeth too because I think that that's a feeling that even probably normal married couples oh, have. Oh, I started thinking you, about yeah. my own relationship. <laughs> right. You just, uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's just not real but you yeah. just you do what the other person seems like they want. The, the last line that uh, Phil, that Stan says to Philip is he says there's nothing like a teenage boy and I thought it was interesting when he said it because obviously all Philip has been thinking about this whole episode is there's nothing like a teenage girl because mm-hmm. he's had to deal mm-hmm. with one and his daughter mm-hmm. and I just thought that was a great little like we said you're given this really innocent friendship that ultimately has high, you know, much, much, much uh, more dangerous implications, their friendship, but that they're both dealing with a similar problem in their head, yeah. sort of, uh, you know, something that they're focused on. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was one of those nice little parallels. The writers probably, was like a little bit of a wink. Yeah. And they do a really good job of leveling the playing ground between women and men in the show. That There's never, you know, they never go, well, this is how we think of women or this is how we think of men. It's yeah. like, no. It works both ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. I, I think that's true because the whole episode we were thinking about teenage girls, and then he just drops yeah. this little kernel in there, and you're like, "Oh yeah, teenage boys are weird and awkward too." Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. Lot of stuff. But on sure. that note, should we go ahead and go into predictions? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. All right. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. All right, Matt, you want to start us off? Oh man. I'm sorry. Uh, you okay. Us. Okay. Uh, I am going to predict. Oh man, that uh, <laughs> Philip gets uh, to second base with Kimberly. Oh, calls it off. oh second? Oh, should, we, second? Should, we all, should we all call bases? Yeah, I'm calling it because I, I feel uncomfortable saying anything other than base. He gets to second and then he then he calls it off. He's, he declares himself mm-hmm. out at second. Second base. Second base. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like an American Beauty situation. Absolutely. Okay, great. Yeah. Move on. I'm going to build off that slightly, which is that I think. I don't think it's going to move beyond kissing with Philip and Kimberly. I think before it gets farther than that, he's going to not only stop uh, stop that relationship, but do so in a way that blows his cover mm. and leaves him vulnerable to whatever's going on at the CIA Afghan group. Mm. Um, this is a little bit of an unfair prediction because it's based partly <laughs> off our conversation with Allison. <laughs> She's going to survive the entire season three, where I thought there was a chance she was going to get killed off. She's because she got the script. She got the script for the Are you finale. Talking about Martha? Maybe they just sent it to her yeah. as a nice parting gift. Yeah, Martha got the script for <laughs> Allison Wright got the script. Frankly, I think well, Martha's making it all the way to the series finale. I'll I don't think this. she's dying. Technically, even if you are um, killed off midway through a show, you can still get pretty much all the scripts through at the end. If if it pertains to you, if at any moment you come back flashback. for something or flashback <laughs> or you're referenced, because you are also on 
um, the title for the rest of the season because you've been signed on for the right. entire season. Right. Right. So just because she got the final script doesn't mean we know It's anything. not the only reason I made the prediction. I'm just saying that yeah. was also, the, I had been suspecting that was a clue. Maybe they love her. Damian Lewis was supposed to get killed off and then everybody loved him on Homeland and they just <laughs> wrote him back in. So same with Pinkman on Breaking Bad. He was yeah. supposed to die for a season. Right. Totally. So you never know. You never know. Yeah, I think the last ep- the, the series finale Philip, Philip and Elizabeth will be dead and it will be the Martha season. show. Yeah, so, no, series, series yeah. finale. Adrian, oh, your <laughs> prediction? My prediction. My prediction is that you guys don't give Philip enough credit for being an excellent spy, and he's definitely going to hit oh, it. And he's going to do his job, and there are going to be repercussions from him doing his job. Mm. So that's going to be the thing that causes issues. Not that Teenage he won't be able to do it. Oh, uh, I, hope, I, well, I hope he's smarter than that, <laughs> But uh, Look, it was the 80s. It's the 80s. Okay? I was about to say. Oh, God. Oh, do you think he would tell Elizabeth? Do you think he will tell Elizabeth? I think he will definitely tell Elizabeth, and I think that's going to affect how he deals with Paige, how he deals with her baptism. It's just going to cause like this kind of rippling effect. Mm. So I, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. She was in a towel <laughs> in the preview, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I think that about wraps us up for the Americans After Buzz After Show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. Where can everyone find you? Say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, uh, Matt Ritter one, uh, MattRitterComedy.com. Guys, it's uh, at Radio TFB on Twitter. Go to JoshRichman.net for more. Uh, ben Bateman Media, Instagram and Twitter. And at Miss Adrian Snow on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. See you next one. See you next one. See you. <laughs> All right. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.